you turning to Jeremiah 32, chapter 32. I, I was asked right before the service, uh, I said, Preacher, uh, so-and-so has moved down to uh, a certain place down lower Alabama, and, and they've, been, they've been looking for a church everywhere, and they can't find a temple nowhere. You'd be amazed how much I hear that. Now, I know, I know, we, we, we don't have a monopoly on the Holy Ghost, amen. I know, I know that there are other great churches out there, but I tell you what, I am tickled to death that I get to go to this one. I, I, I never, I never, ever, ever take for granted the opportunity that we have to come. I, I love, I love getting to see new people uh, 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 participate in the choir and, 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 and seeing the new ones starting out singing uh, maybe a song for the first time, a little nervous. Aren't you glad we're no professionals around here? We're all here. It's, it's really cool. When I see that, I see the excitement in their eyes that they get to worship Jesus and be a part of this. Uh, listen, I, I want you to know, I want you to know it is a privilege and an honor to be a part of what God is doing in this place. It is an honor. And I, I, I want to thank God for the privilege to be here. I, I was praying <clears throat> about what to, what to preach to, to start uh, this particular series of messages off. And uh, I, I, want, I want to motivate us. I want to encourage us. I want us to see uh, what God wants us to see. And so I had in my mind, I had in my mind chapter number 33. Uh, chapter number 33, God tells Jeremiah, call unto me. It says that when he was uh, shut up in the prison, yet the second time the Lord came into him and, and said unto him while he was shut up in the prison, how many of y'all are glad that God can find you no matter where you are? It doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter your condition. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where the devil's got you trapped. God can locate you and find out where you are. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. How many of you glad we got a God who will answer when we call? I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You know, I thought, man, that's a good one. That's a great one. I'll start right there. We can talk about inspiration. God inspires us. The place of inspiration, the prison, the person of inspiration, the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the God who is in charge of everything, the person of inspiration. And then the program, call unto me and I will answer thee. I said, Lord, that's a great message he said but it ain't the right one so I figured I'd just throw it in amen he said you need to read the last chapter not not 33 but 32 because there's something here that's really important there's something here that I want you to get that, that, that I think we really need in this particular situation I'm not going to read the whole chapter but I want to challenge you to okay I want you to read this chapter. Please read this chapter when you get home. I don't have the time to read it all in, in detail, but I'm going I'm to skip through it as best I can. But I want you to read the whole chapter because it really pertains to us today. Are you with me? Verses, verses number one, <clears throat> verses number one to verse number five uh, basically gives the intro and helps you understand why he's in prison. And then, then we really find the message that I want to share with you beginning in verse number 6. Now, we're going to read just a few verses, and I'll let you sit down, and then it's going to take me just a moment to set the table and lay out the food, and then we'll dig in. Are you all with me? Say amen. 
All right, look what it says in verse number 6. Verse number 6, Jeremiah 32 and verse number 6. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. And Jeremiah said, the, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, Hanamiel, the son of Shalom, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anath, for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. So Hanamiel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said unto me, Buy my field, I pray thee, that is in Anath, and which is in the country of Benjamin. For the right of inheritance is thine, and the redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. So I bought the field, and he measured out the money. Here's the thing. Uh, he is in a place where he cannot change his situation where he is. How many of y'all have ever been in a place where you couldn't do anything about where you was? And God says, There's, your cousin's going to come, and he's going to want you to buy a piece of property. He's going to want you to buy a piece of property, and I want you to buy that piece of property. Well, guess what? The cousin showed up. He bought the property, paid the money. It's a done deal. Are you all with me? Say amen. amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you will help us. I pray that you'll give us what we stand in need of. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Now, let me, let me take a minute. Let me take a minute and set the table, all right? Uh, here in this particular book of the Bible, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Say that with me. He's the, he's the weeping prophet because nobody will believe his message. Nobody will heed his message. He's rejected by the king. He's rejected by the priests. He's rejected by his people. He's rejected even by his own family and even his own friends. They will not heed the message of Jeremiah. Jeremiah says you have been wicked. Jeremiah says you have sinned against God. You have sinned against God's people. You have sinned against God's word. And because of this, you will be judged. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. I mean, he's kind of like an, a Bible days turn or burn guy. Y'all know, y'all seen the people on the sidewalk or whatever, and they're holding up the signs, turn or burn. I mean, this is kind of what Jeremiah would be in that particular day. He said, judgment is coming. God is going to judge this land. God is going to judge these people. God is going to judge this city. And because of this, you're going to go into captivity for 70 years. You're going to go into captivity. 70 years, you're going to be in bondage. This city is going to be laid waste. This city is going to be destroyed. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And listen, and then, and then he says this, but God will be faithful. At the end of the 70 years, God will restore again. Judgment is coming, but so is restoration. Judgment is coming. Sin will be judged, but God will bring us back again. Somebody say amen. And nobody believed him. Nobody believed him. And because of this, because of this, he began to say, and king, you're going to be taken captive. The city is going down, and you're going down with it. Well, guess what? When you talk to politicians that way, they don't take too kindly to that. So you know what they did? They put him in prison. So here he is in prison for preaching the gospel, for preaching the truth, for preaching the word of God, for preaching the prophecy that God gave him. He's sitting in prison. 
He's sitting in prison. He's been rejected by everybody. He's been rejected by everyone. His friends, family, priest, king, every single person, he's been rejected. The city is besieged. The city has Nebuchadnezzar's army all around the city. The Babylonian army is all around the city, besieging the city. The mounts have come up against it. They're building things against the walls to try to conquer and take down the walls. They are one year out from being taken over and destroyed. One year. And God comes to Jeremiah in the prison and says, I want you to put your money where your mouth is. I want you to practice what you preach. Now, I know what you're thinking. What are you talking about? You see, I want you to write three things down, and we'll pray today. And pray for me. I'm nervous as a cat for some reason. I don't know what it is. I guess anytime I see God's up to something big, it just just wigs me out. So pray for me. How many of y'all pray for me? Praise God will give me peace and clarity because I know I got the word. I just got to get it out. Amen. Uh, Number one, I want you to see Jeremiah's assignment. Jeremiah's assignment. If you're taking notes, write that down. He is given an assignment from God. Now, there's something about this assignment that's important for us to get, and this this will really help us. Uh, His assignment defied all facts. It defied all facts. Or if you want to put it this way, it defied all logic. It did not make sense. It absolutely did not make sense. You see, he, God is telling him to buy a piece of property that is currently in the enemy's hands. Are y'all with me? Does that make sense? In other words, you want me to buy a piece of property that is currently, have, it, it, listen, is currently taken over by the enemy. You want me to take my money and buy that property while I'm sitting in prison and we're fixing to go into captivity? That don't make any sense. It defied all facts. Listen, in matter of fact, if the prophecy is true and having to go into exile for 70 years, Jeremiah wouldn't even be able to enjoy it because he wouldn't live long enough to see it. I know where I'm going. You want me to do what? How many of y'all have ever had one of those moments with God? You want me to do what? You want me to give how much? You want me to do what? Can you imagine when Gideon was getting ready to face the Midianites who the Bible said they were scattered across the land like grasshoppers? There were so many camels you couldn't even tell. It was like the sands of the sea. And he comes and God says, you got too many men. And he... he He whittled them down to 300 men and said, now you got enough. And Gideon says, you want me to do what? Are y'all starting to see where I'm going with this? God in his wisdom, God in his glory, God in his majesty, he will always ask his people to do something that defies facts. It did not make sense for a little young man by the name of David to go down in a valley and fight a man of war who was a giant. Listen, nine and a half feet tall. But God says, go get him, boy. Go get him. 
Hey, it defies all facts for God to tell a nation to march seven times around the city and shout and blow the trumpet on the seventh time. That doesn't make sense whatsoever. It doesn't make sense for God to tell a nation, a whole nation, over a million people to leave Egypt and walk out in the middle of a desert where there was no food, there was no water, there was no substance, there was no anything. And he said, go out there and I'll take care of you. It defied facts. It didn't make sense. This assignment not only defied facts, it demanded faith. It demanded faith. God said, you're going to have to trust me. I know it doesn't make sense, but you're going to have to trust me. I know it doesn't look right, but you're going to have to trust me. I know they're mocking you and making fun of you, and your cousin thinks he got something over on you, but you're going to have to trust me. I know they thought you've lost your mind because you bought a piece of property that's in the enemy's hands, but you're going to have to trust me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I'm here to tell you, you'll never experience a miracle in your life till you learn to trust the Lord. You'll never see God do miracles. You'll never see God do great things till you learn to trust Him that He can do the impossible. When's the last time you stepped out in faith? When's the last time you attempted something for God that, listen, demanded faith? When's the last time You accomplished an assignment for God that required God do everything for you. My dad told me something a long time ago, about 10 or 12 years ago, when he moved up here, that man has stuck with me. It has stuck with me. I've never forgotten it. He says, Malcolm, for 20-something years at Bethel Baptist Church, I preached about faith. I preached about serving in faith. I preached about living faith. I preached about, listen, having faith in God and believing Him for for everything and practicing your faith. He said, when I got sick and I had to move up here and I didn't have any income whatsoever, for a solid year, I didn't have any income whatsoever. He said, I found out this. I didn't know nothing about faith till I had to practice it. And he said, I got... Hallelujah. He said, I seen God do things. And listen, in that one year that I never saw him do in 25 years of preaching it, he said, there's one thing to preach it. There's one thing to teach it. There's one thing to sing it. There's one thing to come in and hear it. But there's a whole other thing to go out there and actually take a step of faith and believe God for something. Listen, his assignment demanded faith. The Bible says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know what? God is not looking for your skill. God is not looking for your ability. God is not looking for your intelligence. God is not seeking all these things. Listen, He is seeking faith. He is looking for people who would be willing to believe Him. He is looking for people who would be willing to trust Him. He's looking for people. Listen, God can enable the the unable, but He cannot enable the unwilling. His assignment, it didn't make sense. This is the craziest thing. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But guess what? Guess what Jeremiah did? He did it. He said, all right, let's count out the money. He made the transaction. Now, now this, is where, this is where it's going to start fitting us. Because a lot of us, a lot of us, it's hard for us to, to really get that part. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I don't think there's no super spiritual people in here. Would y'all agree? 
Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. How many of y'all could use greater faith? How many of y'all, let's be honest now, let's be honest. I'm, don't, don't have me summons up that demon again. Come on. How many of us would be honest and say, I wish I had greater faith? So that what he did, that, that, that we can't, that, we want to be that and we want to do that, but it's hard for us to relate to that. Well, this is what we can relate to. Right after he made the purchase, it's, oh yeah, this is, this is my part. This is where I, I really got some help. He said, in, he said in verse number 16, verse number 16, Jeremiah 32, verse 16, are you there? Say amen. Now when I had delivered the evidence of the purchase unto Barak the son of Neri, I prayed unto the Lord saying, Ah, Lord God, Behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. There is nothing too hard for thee. Say it with me. For there is And from verse number 17 all the way to verse number 24, he goes to bragging on God. He goes to reminding himself of what God's already done. He's reminding God of what God's already done. And it sounds like a great prayer till verse 25. Now, when we get to verse 25, he says, And thou hast said unto me, O Lord God, buy thee the field for money and take witnesses for the city is given into the hands of the Chaldeans. Now, let me translate that for all of us human folk in here. God, you're awesome. God, you're wonderful. There's nothing too hard for you. God, you can do anything. You did this, and you did that, and you blessed here, and you blessed there. You touched here, and you touched there. You provided here, and you provided there. God, you're awesome, but uh, uh, you wanted me to buy what? That's what that last verse means. He said, you, 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 uh, uh, you, you wanted me to buy property? It's in the Chaldeans' hands. You see, number two, we not only see Jeremiah's assignment, but number two, we see Jeremiah's apprehension. His apprehension. Say that with me. His. Now, now, now here's where I say we all, can, we all can get with him. How many of y'all have stepped out in faith before? Right after you stepped out in faith, you said, uh-oh. Right after you signed that commitment card and believed that God was going to do something, you said, oh, my. Well, let, let's do it Jeremiah's words. Oh, Lord God. It's in your King James Bible. Look there. Now, some of y'all are trying to act all spiritual in the house. Don't even act like you ain't never been doubting the Lord. Well, there's been times in my life I say, oh, Lord. I, I really feel like the guy who came to Jesus, when Jesus come out off of the Mount of Transfiguration, his disciples tried to cast this, this devil out of this boy, and they couldn't do it. And so the, Jesus brings this, this boy to Jesus, and, 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 and he says, he said, please help me. 
Please help me. How many of y'all have ever gone to God and said, please help me? And then, and then Jesus says this to him. He said, look. He said, if you can have faith, if you will believe, all things are possible to who believes. And he said, Lord, I believe, but. How many of y'all had some buts in your life? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, here's been mine. Here's been mine. See if y'all can associate with this. See if y'all can, y'all can get with me on this. There's never been a time I didn't believe God could. My, my problem was, would he? Would y'all, would y'all associate that? Would y'all? Because there's been times in my life I didn't think I, was, I deserved for him to move on my behalf. And you know what God said? You, you don't. Because I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for my glory. You see, if we could ever get the fact that God's not doing this for us, he's doing this for him. He's doing this so we will praise him. He's doing this so we will glorify him. Everything he does is for his own glory. Are y'all with me? There's been times. Have you ever heard this? Have you ever, you might, maybe you've thought this. Well, you know what? I, I don't want to bring I don't want to bring my small problems to God. I just I just think I need to bring my big problems to God. I, I don't want to I don't want I don't want to worry him with the little things. Well, there's only one problem with that. What's big to him? Because what's big to you is not big to him. Are y'all with me? What do we do? What do we do when we doubt? What do we do when we doubt? What do we do when, 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 when the wave, when the storm looks bigger than the Savior? What do we do? What do we do when we step out of the boat and take a leap of faith and start walking on the water and we're exercising our faith, then all of a sudden the wave comes up bigger and it seems like the storm is bigger than the Savior. When we have received our assignment and Jesus says, come on out here, Peter. And that assignment demanded faith. It defied facts. There's no way a human being is supposed to be able to walk on water. And God says, come on out. Jesus says, come on out. And we're out here and we're stepping. Can you imagine? He's probably at any, oh, goodness gracious. And then, and then all of a sudden we're doing well. And we've taken that leap of faith and everything's wonderful. And then something happens. And the devil throws something in our face. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at my storm. And I've taken my eyes off my Savior. What do we do? How many of y'all have ever done that? Come on, come on, come on, get with me. You know what we do? The same thing that Peter did and the same thing that Jeremiah did. We take it to Jesus. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He began to pray. If you want to take some subs there and write this down. He prayed a prayer of worship. <clears throat> he prayed a prayer of worship. When you go to doubting, you need to start worshiping. 
When you, when you start thinking about all your problems, the best thing you can do is start counting your blessings. Because when you start worshiping, there's something that changes on the inside. When you start praising, there's something that changes on the outside. When you start giving Him glory and giving Him praise, it says that we ought to be anxious for nothing. Be anxious. That means don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. When you come to God in your prayer, He says this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. He said before you ask for anything, before you make any request, before you ask for any problem issue to be solved, you come and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Before you ask for provision, you praise his name. Before you ask for protection, you praise his name. Before you ask for pardon of sin, you praise his name. And I'm telling you, if God's children could just get the power of worship, if we could just get the power of what it means to praise and honor him, the Bible says when we praise him, his presence shows up. God inhabiteth the praises of his people. Oh, Jeremiah's doubting, so he begins to pray. He begins to say, oh, Lord God, there's nothing impossible to you. You know what we need to do when our bills look bigger than our bankroll? Say amen. We, you know what we need to do when the doctor comes in and shakes his head and says, I've done all I can do. You know what we need to do when our problems mount up, when the storm rises, when the waves are crashing, when the lightning's flashing, when the rain is falling, when all hell is breaking loose in our life and we seem overwhelmed. We need to say, oh God, you can do anything. Oh God, you can meet my needs. Oh God, you can save me out of my trouble and out of my sorrow and out of my pain. Somebody glorify the name of the Lord in this place today I know you can I know you have power I know you have ability there's nothing too hard for God listen he prayed a prayer of worship then he prayed a prayer of witness I'm giving you the old time way y'all it's just back to the old time outline I can't help it I'm I'm feeling it today I'll, I'll 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 act dignified next week. Amen. <laughs> he began to begin to rehearse. He, he began to rehearse all the things that God had done. You know what we need to do? We need to start reminding ourselves not of what needs to be done, but what's already been done. I see the mortgage, and it's big. Just like this big old gorilla is running us down. I, I see the parking lot and that big hole out there. I see gravel that needs pavement on it. I see a building down there that needs to be redone and refinished for them teenagers. See, all these things that need to be done. And, and you know, if I, if I just focus on what needs to be done, it, it kind of distracts me from what God's already done. Richard, what are you talking about? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I'm standing in a miracle. You are sitting right now in what we prayed for two years ago.
You are, you are sitting right now. And what we prayed every morning, we got into this tent. Every time it was 30 degrees outside. Every time when it was windy and hot. Every time when semis went by and you couldn't even hear me. I was saying, oh God, give us our building. And I'm standing right in the middle of a miracle. Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown, I was texting him this morning while I went to Bible college. And he texts me. He says, are you in your building? I'm like, where have you been? I said, yes, sir. He said, praise God. So I sent him that video. How many of y'all remember that very first service? And we had him jammed in here. I mean, it was like peanut butter and jelly on a sandwich. Save me. And I started right here. And it was full on the top and the bottom. And I went all the way around. I went all the way around and we were shouting and we were praising and we were thanking God. It was so exciting. We were so excited to be in our miracle. And I sent that to him and he said, Lord God, son. You know what he knew? It's a miracle. When you come several years ago and there's 30-something discouraged people Donnie, y'all were here. You got to look around and say, whoo. You got to start reminding yourself. And when you doubt, when you get discouraged, when you think it's all done and it's all over, start, start just reminding yourself and the Lord. Lord, do you remember when you... Because, see, if you keep reminding yourself he did it back then, you'll know he can do it again. It's, it's a prayer of, of witness. It's a prayer of worship. But then it's a prayer of wonder. Wonder. Preacher, is that something exciting? No. He's wondering why he made him do that. Why, ha, have you ever wondered why God asked you to do something? But do you see, he worshiped first. He witnessed first. He reminded himself of what God has done. Now he brings his request and said, are you sure about this? Richard, what are you saying? If you're doubting today, maybe you've got an issue. This don't even have nothing to do with what God's going to do in, in, in the, the, the beginning of miracles. You may need a miracle right now. You may need a miracle in your health. You may need a miracle in your family. This is not a miracle for the future. This is a miracle for now. I told somebody the other day, listen, I'm not excited about what God's going to do for the building and the property and all that because he's already going to do this because this belongs to him. What I'm excited about is what God's going to do in us and our families. Now, thirdly, thirdly, what was number one? We see Jeremiah's assignment. Say it with me. Jeremiah's assignment. It demanded faith. It defied all logic and facts. Number two, his, his apprehension. Boy, he got nervous about it. He took that step of faith. Now all of a sudden, whoa, uh, uh, whoa, Lord. Are you, are you sure about this here? And then lastly, I want you to write this down. I want you to see Jeremiah's assurance. Jeremiah's assurance. How many of y'all are glad that when God 
When you call on him, he will answer. Look in verse number 26. Verse number 26. <clears throat> hey, use this word. I take, don't even put assurance. Change that word. I got a better one. Jeremiah's affirmation. His affirmation, because this is what happened. Jeremiah's affirmation. You see, the first thing that, that Jeremiah said to the Lord, there is nothing impossible for the Lord. Y'all remember that? We read that a while ago. Now watch what God says back to him. Verse 26. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, behold. That means get a good look. Behold. Read it with me. I am Say it again. I am the God of all flesh. Now, here's a rhetorical question. Say it with me. Is You know what God did? He affirmed Jeremiah's proclamation. He affirmed Jeremiah's praise. When he said, basically this is what he's saying. Let's translate this. Jeremiah said, God, when he prayed, he said, God, there's nothing impossible to you. And what God said was, you right. Isn't it cool when God says amen to your prayer? Wouldn't it be a cool thing if we exercise the kind of faith that gets God happy? You pray, what, what, what are you saying? How about when them, them four men brought the crippled man to Jesus and they ripped the roof off? Listen, they ripped the roof off of the house and they lowered it down into the house and Jesus looked up at them and the Bible says, when he saw their faith, he was moved by their faith. He was tickled by their faith. He was pleased by their faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. When's the last time you made God happy because of your faith? He said, amen. You're right. You are correct. You are 100% correct. There's nothing too hard for me. There's nothing that I can't do. There's no problem that I can't solve. There's no sickness that I can't heal. There's no issue that I can't bring deliverance to. He affirmed his prayer. Then he affirmed something else. And this is even more important. He affirmed his preaching, his prophecy. What did he do? He reiterated what Jeremiah had been telling them. In other words, he rehearsed it right back to them. Yes, they sinned. Yes, they're going to be judged. Yes, they're going into captivity. But I'm going to bring restoration again. I tell you what I love. When I get to preaching and I'm delivering the word that I believe God gave me and God gets in on it. The only problem is, is I'm sweating all in my ears and I got one more to go. <laughs> Amen. But you know what God is saying? I'm tickled with temple. I'm happy with their faith. Because you see, if there wasn't a bunch of people that didn't already exercise faith, you wouldn't be sitting here today. You would still be sitting in blue chairs and blue carpet. Well, y'all are still in blue chairs. But anyway... 
Are, are we together? Amen. God's saying, thank God for your faith. He affirmed his preaching. And then lastly, lastly, this is it. This is it. Here's the message. He said, guys, verse 43. Verse 43. He said, after I bring judgment, after I bring retribution on these people, verse 43. And fields shall be bought in this land. Whereof ye say, it is desolate without man or beast. It is given into the hand of the child. In other words, he said, I know it looks bad right now. I know it looks hopeless right now. I know it doesn't make sense right now. Are y'all with me? He said, but, verse 44, men shall buy fields for money and subscribe evidences and seal them and take witnesses in the land of Benjamin and in the places about Jerusalem and in the cities of Jerusalem and in the cities of Judah and in the cities of the mountains and in the cities of the valley and in the cities of the south. For I will cause their captivity to return, saith the Lord. Thirdly, he affirmed Jeremiah's purchase. He affirmed Jeremiah's purchase. Now, how, what can we take from that? I want, you, I want you to write that down and put your pen down and look at me because i got like two minutes to tell you this. <clears throat> what can we take from this? Let's apply this to every day. God, God is going to give us an assignment, all of temple people. Listen real good. All in the balcony, all on the floor. God is going to give us an assignment that's going to require faith. God is going to ask us to do something that's going to defy facts. When we did faith in action, the amount of money that God told me and my wife to give, it, it, it just didn't make sense. We'd never given that much. Never. And we, 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 we give. Because, I, I, you know, all my life, it's, it's second nature. I mean, it's just, my dad taught me a long time ago, you'll never outgive God. And, that, and it wasn't a point that we didn't give. But God was asking for something big. And I didn't know how we was going to do it. Matter of fact, I didn't have the ability to do it. But God said, do it. And we just stepped out in faith and said, okay, I'll do it, but you're going to have to give it to me because I ain't got it. And do you know God surpassed the amount? Watch this. He surpassed the amount that I didn't think we could do. And we were able to give above and beyond what I didn't even think we could do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. God asked me to do something that required faith. And there were times I kind of doubted. But you know what? God did it and God's blessed our family. I, I, can't, even, I can't even tell you. I don't even want to tell you because, you know, the Bible says don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. You know, I, I don't even want to go in there because I don't want to miss God's blessings on my life. But I'm just telling you, God is awesome. And let me go back to something I said earlier. And, and, and this is, do you, know, do you know that Jeremiah probably did not live 
to cash in on his land. He probably wasn't going to live long enough to come back in the remnant and the restoration to see his land back in. Say, preacher, why would God ask him to do something he'd probably never see the fruits of? Here's what you got to get. The fruits that you're doing, you may not see on this side of glory. Some of, some of you have given in such a way that you'll probably never see the final ramifications of it all. But then babies out there will. And what you're doing now, oh, help me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What you are doing now may not be for you. It may be for those who come after you. And all God's people say it. Let's do this. Let's stand. If you're going to be baptized, if you're going to be baptized, I think some had to get some from the, from the, nurse, or the, the, the children's church. If you're going to be baptized, if you'll find your way to this side over here, there'll be someone there to assist you. Just find your way around that way, and, 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 and they'll, they'll be there to assist you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, 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 Tracy and Shane, raise your hand there. Yes, sir, Shane's that Auburn fan. <laughs> We're praying for him. Say amen, church. Right there. Listen, I, I want to do this. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed. Here's your question. Here's your question. Here's your prayer. What is my assignment, Lord? What is my assignment, Lord? Say it back to me. Come on, come on. Say it back to me. One more time. That's your prayer. That's your prayer. Let's pray it now. Let's pray it now. Lord, what's our assignment? Lord, what do you want me to do? In the next six weeks, we're going to be learning about miracles and how to, how to have them in our life, how to experience them in our life, how God moves and how God blesses and how God touches I want you to pray this, Lord, open my mind, open my heart to learn and to grow and to, to mature so I can experience what God had me to do. Matter of fact, some of you need to find a place in this altar and ask him, Lord, what's my assignment? Maybe some of you have a, have a problem or an issue right now that you need a miracle right now. You, you don't need it in the future. You need it right now. It may be a financial miracle. It may be a health issue, a health situation. It may be a relationship issue. Well, just find this altar. Find this altar and say, God, help me. Help me, Lord. Do what Jeremiah did. Don't, 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 don't waller in doubt. and don't, don't sit and worry and fret and get ulcers. Just come tell it to Jesus. Come tell Jesus your issue. Come tell Jesus your problem. And he can meet the need. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that you'll touch and help. I pray that you'll bless and move in an awesome way. I pray that, Lord, that you will get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise out of this service. Lord, I pray for that one that's struggling. I pray for that one with an issue. I pray for that one with a burden that's struggling right now. Lord, I pray for that one that needs a miracle right now. They need you to move in their life right now in such a way that it's obvious that you did it. God, that they can see your hand. They can see your power. They can see your touch. Lord, I pray right now that you'll open our minds. Help us to grow. Help us to learn. 
God, I pray right now that you'll speak to our hearts. We're asking you, what is our assignment? What is our assignment? What would you have us to do? God, will praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.